Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and joining us today in our normal Illinois studios is a man named Micah Hardy, a parishioner at St. Pat's of Myrna, a husband and a father of seven girls, and a man who was diagnosed with sarcoidosis and will soon be receiving a double lung transplant. We're going to hear all about his story, his illness, his faith, his path to health, and what has helped him along the way, as well as a fundraiser that's coming up and will support the Hardy family throughout this journey. So without further ado, Micah Hardy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Hey, the pleasure is all mine. So tell us about sarcoidosis, if I am pronouncing that right. What is sarcoidosis and when were you diagnosed and what does the illness entail? So sarcoidosis is a autoimmune inflammatory dysfunction. Lots of big, weird names. Uh, my kind of short pitch on this is that when your immune system turns on, it, produce, it produces TNS cell receptors that um, will latch on to foreign bodies, thus flagging your white blood cells to consume them, ridding your body. My uh, immune system had turned on and produced all of these cells with nothing to attach to. And so they ended up attaching to themselves, forming granulomas. Um, and then those granulomas deposit somewhere in the body. So sarcoidosis can actually affect any internal organ, um, predominantly uh, things like the lungs, as it did with me, but the eyes, the liver, um, the the heart. Um, essentially, wherever those granulomas land, they just kind of scar out that tissue and um, just beat it up so it's no good. Um, for me, uh, this this happened all, they, they all deposited in, in the interstitial tissues of my lungs, which is a big word for the space between the bubbles that fill up with air. Um, and so that scarring happened. Uh, and then, and then it just kind of stopped, right? It was just, it was an event that happened, but the damage was done by those, um, granulomas, uh, which initially took my lung capacity, um, which is, measured by how much air you can take in and breathe out in volume and uh, about half did. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I I got I got kind of sick but not really sick just like it was it, something that happened right and it took a while to figure out that there was something wrong and um, and the really fun thing about sarcoidosis is, is it is a diagnosis of exclusion. And so essentially what that means is every other test has to come back negative. And then they're like, well, I guess it's that. Uh, so I got to deal with uh, a, a very long regiment of, of testing before they decided this is what it is. Um, but, but they, once they found out what you know what the diagnosis was, it was just kind of well, this is what happened, and uh, now you can't breathe well. Uh, 
and that's pretty much all I, I really knew over the past, you know, for, for the next maybe 10 or 15 years. Regular activities were more burdensome. I would get uh, short of breath very quickly. Um, and and so just activities almost one by one were kind of dropping off of what I, what I was able to do. Whether, you know, it was uh, more labor-intensive work like what I was, what I was involved with at that time, or you know, joining the local softball team or something like that, right? I mean, just things decided or decidedly were were un undoable, if that's a word. And um, so, uh, if you don't mind me asking, then, so how when did this happen? You said you at least 10, 15 years ago, right? Yeah. So this it was. We're in the nineteenth year, so it was somewhere around two thousand and four. Um, this happened, so I'd have been about twenty three years old. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was something that just it, it kind of showed up, and you, you thought, oh well, I was under, I'm under the weather, and I'll get better because at twenty three years old, you're still pretty close to invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not as invincible as 18, but, mm-hmm. but for, you know, still pretty close to it. Uh, so you just think, kind of think, oh, well, it'll get better. And then it didn't get better and, and, and it continues. So that's when we looked into, um, you know, asking, a, asking some questions and, and getting some doctors to get in and, and do some, some tests. Okay. And what must that have been like for you? I mean, even psychologically, because for you to be at 23 to suddenly go from invincible, like you said, to now you can't do much of any of the physical activity. And you had a labor intensive job. You said you were working with carpets, hardwood floors, installation of those types. Yeah. So I, uh, I I was a a flooring installer. Really, I really enjoyed the work and, um, but when you when you can do less and less, you, you can't really work and take the same amount of percentage as you could. And then, so uh, cycle. I mean, phys- physically, it, it took away an ability to do things. Psychologically, well, I mean, I think I acted like like a lot of twenty something year olds would, and I was I was quite angry for a lot of different reasons. I guess. Uh, just feeling like I'm missing out, but like un- wanting to understand, you know, the the why on things. Um, you know, at that time, I wasn't really, I wasn't really somebody who was was faithful. Who, um, then I grew up in 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 church. You know, I was, uh, but you know, once I turned in, in, in a teenager, I don't know, all too often story, right? Um, I, I let I let all the questions of the world uh, influence my decisions, and so I and, and and along with this, and there was a lot of kind of self pity, but there was a lot of what I felt like righteous anger. As I'm older, I realize it's really just all self pity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was it it was it was tough to to kind of stomach being able to do less and less but outwardly not looking like I should be unable to do these things, mm-hmm. right? As, as something that 
attacked an, my internal organs. It's not like outwardly I looked ill. Right. Even or, right now, you don't sound even like you have something terribly wrong with your lungs. If someone listens closely, they may notice you You breathe in a little more often. Right. Uh, but it's you look good. You sound good. But yeah. explain to me, what does it feel like even right now? And, and has it gotten worse since you were 23? Uh, well, you know, as I'm kind of set in a spot and, and relaxed and, and not really doing anything, um, it doesn't really feel like anything. I mean, I'm just I'm just here, right? Um, now, if we were to pause the interview and walk up the flight of stairs and take the interview uh, back back up, um, at the top of the stairs, it, I would sound a lot different, right? Um, so, you know, outwardly, and it, it, and when I'm in a kind of a set spot, it, it it's not really um, something that you see. And, and over the course of twenty years, you you learn to kind of adapt with what you have, and so you, you posture yourself to not get super winded in front of a you know group of people because they won't understand why you're you're so out of breath or um just kind of avoid a situation that might um just make it more obvious than it needs to be um but there i mean there are definitely times throughout you know jobs that i've had um where 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 i have to kind of politely educate somebody on why uh, I can't do that thing, or you know, why? Why I I I, I say thanks, but I I, I don't think I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, carry that thing, or 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 you know, haul this around because uh, outwardly I don't look like I, I I shouldn't be able to do that, but I know that I can't. Um, it makes for some interesting conversations when you kind of explain it, and that you know the, that person's like, oh wow, I I never knew, and. Um, you know, it's been, it's hard. I, it, it's hard because I've got, I've got a great, a great family. Um, and you know, when we're out in public, it's, it's really easy to see that my wife is really taking, is bearing a lot of, of responsibility of picking up the girls and carrying them around and, 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 and carrying things in and out of the stores and things like that. Um, which, you know, sometimes it, it, it kind of creeps into your, your head about, you know, what other people must think. But, of course, you, you kind of got to put that out. But Especially as a man. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of, um, there, you know, and, and so even, yes, it has gotten worse over, over time. I, I am so, like, so truly thankful that I have a, a wife that really bears a lot of that responsibility and with, you know, with a smile and, and, and with, um, you know, really understanding that, I mean, it's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about your wife? Her name's Amy, right? Amy, yeah. How did you two meet? And, you know, she sounds like a very special woman. Yeah. Can you tell me uh, a little more about her and the role she plays and how she's helped? Well, I mean, I met... I met Amy in uh, in eighth grade. Uh, she actually ended up moving in to the house next door to us for uh, 
for for some time uh and so she was actually my my sister's friend first and like everything that your siblings have you kind of want that too but uh you know we uh you know we met and we were you know we were friends for for a while we dated for a short time right there at the beginning of high school and and, and then uh our lives kind of diverged uh and then it was just just over 10 years ago well i guess almost 11 i'm really bad with math <laughs> she'll make fun of me for this um but she came in to, to uh, a small restaurant that I was working in and um, had just moved back into town. And uh, and, and we kind of immediately knew that, uh, you know, we were met to, meant to meet again. And, um, you know, it's funny because sometimes we talk and we're like, we're so different, but but so the same as well. Like, I mean, where we differ, it's because we differ by by complimenting one strength or the other, mm. uh, you know where 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 I might be weak, it, she's very strong, um, and so yeah, I mean she's she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sounds wonderful, and sounds like you guys fit together like puzzle pieces, right? Where she's in, you're out, yeah, boom, pick up where they leave off. That's great, and I always hear behind every great man is an even better woman. You know, and so that's a really nice story. And I want to ask, well, you know what? I'm going to hold this one question until we come back from the break. So I'll ask another question before that. Are you excited for the lung transplant? And we'll talk more after the break, I'm sure. But are you, what are your feelings about it? And how did you get the news that you would be uh, receiving one? Tell me about that. I think like one, like saying, do you have this one emotion about what's going to happen is um, only, it only kind of partially throws a, a little bit of light onto her. It's, it's a very half answer, if anything. Um, I'm, I'm almost everything about this um, transplant. Uh, it's, it's necessary. I, I know that without it, um, the alternative is unacceptable. Um, but is there excitement? Yes. Is there, you know, is there fear and anxiety and trepidation and, 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 you know, joy and, uh, it's all there. Um, but it's, I mean, no matter what's in, what's in front of you about kind of feelings of, about what's happening, it's happening. You know, it's not, um. It's not not going to happen. <laughs> and so at this point, uh, I don't I don't think about it because I can't control that. And 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 I already know that it has to happen. So uh, I have every emotion about it. Hmm. And, 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 so. and I try to push all of them away because none of them are going to change what's necessary. Mm hmm. Right, and a double lung transplant is a procedure that I've never actually heard of before. You know, I I know these happen. I don't know anyone who's had one. I want to ask you a few more questions about that transplant and a few more things, such as what it's like to be in a house, be the lone man in a house full of women, 
I'm very interested to hear about that and much more, and we'll get to that in just one moment. But first, here are a quick few words from our beloved sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It was because of these words of Christ that Catholic Spirit Radio was founded. As Christians, we should evangelize because our love of God and neighbor compels us to do so. By supporting Catholic Spirit Radio, you are participating in the work of evangelization and fulfilling your Christian duty. May God bless you generously for doing so. Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. St. Paul, in writing to the early Christians of Corinth, encouraged them to be fools for Christ's sake. Foolishness in the eyes of the world consists of such things as giving one's time, talent, or treasure to a worthy cause. Attending Mass, going to confession, joining the religious life, or even running a Catholic radio station. By being fools in the eyes of the world, we are wise in Christ. Wouldn't it be great if we all were fools for Christ? Christmas and year-end giving constitutes one-third of all charitable donations made annually. Please join others in supporting Catholic Spirit Radio during December. Donations do great good and are tax-deductible. To give to our Christmas and year-end giving campaign, please visit our website at catholicspiritradio.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm talking with Micah Hardy, who will soon be receiving a double lung transplant. And now, while we're talking about very heavy and deep stuff here, it seems, Micah, I want to ask you something I'm curious about, and maybe everyone else is too. What is it like to be the lone man in a house full of seven women? Eight women total, including your wife, I guess. One is out of the house, but still, that's a lot of women. And uh, I, I would imagine that you can't raise your voice too much for too long. What's it like uh, being dad and well, husband there? Well, I guess <clears throat> that would be a, a, a misunderstanding because uh, I, I can only be heard if I raise my voice <laughs> loud and long. Um, I, I, I love the fact that we live uh, in a in a country subdivision and are on a kind of everybody's on an acre plot. I always joke because this way my neighbors can't hear our crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, no, uh, yeah, I mean, you, 
yes, I you have. I mean, we're a loud house. I I personally am uh, uh, one who who speaks from the diaphragm, uh, if you will. So I'm always loud. Um, I'm I'm the guy that that the quiet conversations are heard three doors away or three <laughs> three rooms away, if you will. Um, but there's uh, I I. You you asked me like what what it's like to live in my house, and it's it, it's like it's like regular life to me. Um, I don't know what it's like to live in a house full of boys. I I I, I would love to say that there's less black eyes, but we have plenty of those too. <laughs> uh, usually from tripping over things or, 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 or running into something, but, or when, uh, um, you got one, one bathroom to use, right? I, I grew up with sisters. We, that was the typical. So the first, um, you know, the first handful of years, almost eight years, we were in a house with one bathroom. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a new level of intimacy, <laughs> uh, in a family with one bathroom. Absolutely. Um, we, 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 we graduated into, we worked really hard and, 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 and everything really lined up almost perfectly for us to get into um, the house we're in now. And there are three bathrooms. And, uh, and at, at any morning, uh, kind of dressing, frantic uh, uh, timeline, you would pretty much assume there was only one bathroom. But, I mean, you get kind of used to that, or that, that one thing. Um there's there's lots of emotion in our in in our house. Um, I, I as, as you know as a as, as a guy, uh, so often I would you know kind of just my emotion was very even keel as much as I could, and I just you, you kind of bury everything else. Um, six little girls will um, easily boil that up to the to the, to the top for you. And, and, and it can come out, and it, but you can realize things that you didn't otherwise, um, you know, kind of know or, or understand. Uh, so I, I, I think having, ha- having all these girls, they, um, you know, they've enlightened me in a different way uh, that, I guess I just, I never, I, I never knew I needed. Um, the thing is, is that honestly, I never knew. I, it's really hard to, to, uh, to kind of say, oh, you know, like this is a thing, right? Uh, my house is this way or that way. Cause I mean, our normal is our normal. And, and you know, I mean, we all have kind of, things that cross over, but, but, but it's, it's all kind of normal on, on, on your circumstances. Um, a good friend of mine has got five boys and, um, and we were, we were hanging out. We, both families kind of converged for a, what did this, just this big, crazy dinner. And, and at the end of it, we were, we were kind of, kind of wrapping up and we were, uh, you know, sitting around and, and he says, man, like you're so lucky, and I'm looking at his like big beautiful house that we're having dinner. I'm like, I'm lucky. Mm-hmm. Like you're a lot. Like you're a lot. You know, we can always kind of see where 
across the way, like how, how cool it is. He's like, dude, you've gotten more hugs during this dinner than I think I might've gotten in the last like five years. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, dude, boys don't hug. (laughs) Uh, I, I never not remember that. I, I, I do everything I can to always hold on to that memory because, um, it's true. I only like kind of hugged my dad. I still only kind of hug my dad. <laughs> right. I mean, like I love my dad. I really do. And I, and I, and I've, and I've done, I, I've tried to do a lot to like work on saying that verbally to him. Cause I think it matters. Probably because of all the girls. Mm-hmm. But um, we hug all the time. It was so foreign to me before, like, my family. Before my wife, right? Who would joke that, like, I never liked it. I just, I was kind of hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it matters, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that personal contact that, I mean, no, no different than, like, the, you know, like speaking to people and, and, and having a, a true and authentic relationship with them. Um, is a big deal. I love my family because they've changed me. I love I love my wife because she's brought so much of these these things that I thought were foreign, for that were kind of uh, arm's length kind of ideas, really into like an like a through and through part of my life, and 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 it's something as simple and silly as hugging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know my dad when when he met when he grew up a Mexican household and in the sixties and seventies he never said he loved I love you to his parents especially not as his dad and he did love them but they didn't even say that let alone hug and he said when he met my mom and they had kids and my mom was such a a loving hugger I mean she would kiss a lot of people on the cheek that was just the way she yeah, was yeah. and he said it was awesome. He said it melted his heart and it changed him as a man. He That was probably his favorite part, you know, about being married to my mom was the love and affection that his kids then had for him and for their mom right. and others. Yeah, it. it's, Wait, I, I think uh, those tough guys, you know, they really tend it, to like that. It's, um, you know, it's hard because as, as, as men, we, we really we work hard not to show vulnerabilities as in the fact that um, like as weaknesses, but it's, 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 um, it's a misunderstanding when you look at a vulnerability as a weakness Um, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a chain mail. I'm not a, I'm not a brick wall. Hmm. Um, so my vulnerability doesn't have to be my weakness. My vulnerability, honestly, is 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 what I should embrace. Not to let it become a weakness, but to just to just to build me out more. And and that's I, there. There's a reason why there's two of us. There, there's a reason why there's 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 Adam and there's Eve. 
And it's because alone, Adam was not, he, he, he wasn't complete, you know? And, and so, because so often we can be, I mean, we can be that kind of every man, we can be that kind of walled off and I'm just going to do the things I'm supposed to do and those things I have to do. And that's, you know, you'll understand that that's my love. Um, to your question of like, what's it like to be in a house full, full of girls? Uh, the answer is, is that like all my preconceptions of what a, like a man's love is, is completely broke down mm-hmm. because just because I go to work and I work hard and I, uh, and I'm able to like have the bills paid on time doesn't fulfill my obligation. Like that's, my because that's not even my obligation. I mean that's that's a that's a that's a duty that comes with my obligation. It's a privilege that I'm able to do because of my obligation. But my real obligation is to love my family. That's right. Um. And 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 I and I'm able to learn this more and more when I talk to people that are smarter than me about. It. About my my true obligation, my family, and so I I find that like what's important about uh, you know being a dad it it changes, and I guess these things change because you think about how long am I going to be around to be a dad when we talk about the fact that I'm going to be dealing with this very big surgery, this very big thing, and so I I really have to. Uh, make sure that that I that I that I realize that my my priority is is to love my family and to and to love the people around me. My big my big hurdle is the fact that uh that that twenty year old anger about like being like everything being taken away from me so often creeps out of that closet that I. Absolutely. I do everything I can to shut that door. But uh but it comes out. I mean there there's frustration. I I want to be able to cut down the tree or fix the car or clean out the garage and and and, and I'm not able to it, frustration becomes anger and and it really uh I just have to focus on not the can't but the can and and the the thing you can always do is is love your family. And you talked about briefly this big procedure that's coming up, the double lung transplant. Tell me a little more about that. Why has it taken so many years for this to uh, get put in the books, I guess, for this to happen to you? Well, and, and tell me also about the procedure. Is it dangerous? Is it a risky one? And what can you expect after it's done? That's a lot of questions. Yes, it is. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So a, a, a couple of things like um, first it it's because it's a it's a it's a it's not a progressive disease it's actually a disease of like the fact that like part of my lungs were were scarred and, and ruined and then because the the tissue around it was scarred then it stopped working and then it so it's it's like a slow spread. 
Uh, and so you don't want to do something as invasive of, as a double lung transplant before, um, before, before it, it weighs out better to do it than not. Right. Um, cost benefit comes to mind. Um, so at this point, we know that um, even at even at a, a bad uh, range of of if, if if things didn't take really well, it's still a better option. Um, what does it entail? It uh, so what's going to happen is right now we're we're working on getting uh insurance clearances for uh for, for for everything right getting the insurance company to kind of sign off on all these things um but that's going to happen starting January 1st just because there's a a switch in um in in, in where my insurance is going to be um and so it's more of a uh technical I don't know an insurance thing mm-hmm. they'll clear it uh, it'll take about two weeks, and then, um, and then I'll be on the list. Uh, when you're on the list, uh, you're you, you, essentially you're you're not allowed to turn your phone off, right? Um, it's high alert. It's it's I I've literally already have my backpack, and by I have my backpack, we all know that my wife has my backpack. <laughs> And it's there and it's waiting. And so whether I'm at work, at school, or May God at bless picking, you picking generously the girls up for doing so. At, Hi, this is Kathy church, and Anne from I'm Catholic Spirit shopping, Radio. We are looking for folks rings, who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. Uh, we really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at I mean, the, the majority of people that, that get this procedure done are over the age of 65. So, so I, I'm actually in the younger range of, of, of getting something like this done. Um, but they'll, they'll open up and they'll, uh, they'll kind of take one out and they'll put one in and they'll take one out and they'll put one in and then they'll, Close you up, and then you'll go to ICU as long as everything goes well. Wow. Um, and I want to ask a little bit more about what you can expect, of course, when this is, is over. Is it, are you pretty optimistic about, hey, maybe you'll be able to, to breathe close to fine? And well, I want to ask more also about um, the benefit that's coming up. That's very sure. important. Sure. And all that we're going to get to in just one minute. But first, here are a few words from our beloved sponsors. We'll be right back. You're listening to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It was because of these words of Christ that Catholic Spirit Radio was founded. As Christians, we should evangelize because our love of God and neighbor compels us to do so. By supporting Catholic Spirit Radio, you are participating in the work of evangelization and fulfilling your Christian duty. May God bless you generously for doing so. 
Hi, this is Kathy and Anne from Catholic Spirit Radio. We are looking for folks who would love to volunteer with us during our fundraisers and various other station events and tasks throughout the year. We really need volunteers in the DeKalb, Sycamore, Morris, Joliet, and Lincoln areas, as well as Bloomington Normal. If you have a few extra hours or more a month, put them to use for the Lord. We would love to add your name to our Catholic Spirit Radio volunteer list. Contact us at office at catholicspiritradio.org. Listeners support Catholic Spirit Radio in many different ways. Some write checks, others use credit cards. But did you know that you can also give Catholic Spirit Radio your old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, or RV, even if it's not working? Donating your vehicle is easy. We take care of everything from pickup to tax receipt. Just go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link or call 866-628-CARS. St. Paul, in writing to the early Christians of Corinth, encouraged them to be fools for Christ's sake. Foolishness in the eyes of the world consists of such things as giving one's time, talent, or treasure to a worthy cause. Attending Mass, going to confession, joining the religious life, or even running a Catholic radio station. By being fools in the eyes of the world, we are wise in Christ. Wouldn't it be great if we all were fools for Christ? Christmas and year-end giving constitutes one-third of all charitable donations made annually. Please join others in supporting Catholic Spirit Radio during December. Donations do great good and are tax-deductible. To give to our Christmas and year-end giving campaign, please visit our website at catholicspiritradio.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Catholic Conversations on Catholic Spirit Radio. I'm here with Micah Hardy, and we were just talking, Micah, about your procedure, uh, the double lung transplant, what it entails, 8 to 10-hour surgery, then you will be in the ICU after that. What can we expect after that, or at least what are you hoping for? Uh, Well, expecting and hoping. I've had a couple of conversations with kind of folks that have gone through this before, and, um, you know, it's funny, like you had mentioned before, like, I never even, like, I don't even know anybody who's done this. And, and honestly, I hadn't either. And then like, once you start talking about it, then, oh, well, I knew somebody, I know somebody. And you kind of have a couple of, of conversations. And I mean, essentially what I expect is that I'm not going to remember really any of that from the beauty of med- modern medicine. You know, the real work starts afterwards. You, you really, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be um, kind of daily routines. They're, it, they're all set on milestones. And so um, we'll, we'll spend a minimum of three months uh, living in St. Louis, right? So like I, I, I have to, uh, I have to be completely separated from my family for those three months in living after I get out of the hospital um, to just work on kind of really training these lungs to work in my body and and being uh, in having those those doctors 
kind of keep an eye on all the things they need to keep their eyes out for, whether it, it's with rejection or infection or, mm-hmm. or any of those things. But really the biggest goal is to strengthen them and, and to do, um, and to get to a point where we, where I can get back to, uh, home and work. Mm-hmm. Um, I adapted, uh, a, a kind of a mantra that I expect nothing so that I'm, I'm not let down and not, not in a way of like, uh, being pessimistic, but honestly, I, I have no idea. Like I have, I have dreams, but I mean, I've had dreams of running for 20 years. I, I do have, I, those have come around again. Like here's, here's an, it's, it, it's, it, it's funny what you kind of long for. I, I could run at, at, you know, in high school, I, I had the ability to finish a two mile run. Um, not that that's some kind of great length, but, uh, I, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, I wasn't some you know but but i there's no way i could do that now so there's a, you know there's a kind of a longing for that maybe i could do that again but uh i don't know you know like what can you what can you expect to be able to do after this um it, it's almost a loaded question because like physically i have i've have no I, i've been so so separated from what i like feel like I should be able to do um, for so long that I really don't know what I should be able to do. Um, I'd like to feel like I was more comfortable doing like regular things, but I would really just like to be able to continue for long, long enough to see some really cool things happen in my family, like, you know, weddings and mm-hmm. grandchildren and stuff like that. It's, you know, what do you expect of the future? I don't. I don't know if I expect anything anymore. Everything I ex- expected was like so drastically wrong. Anyway, right. I mean, I spent my, you know, my youth knowing that I was smarter than everybody else around me, which <laughs> was false. Uh, I, I spent my my young adulthood um, really knowing that I could conquer the world, and and I was conquered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. and and, and, and as soon as I, I let everything down and just said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to accept the next right thing in my life. Uh, incrementally, that led me to my wife. My wife led me to the Catholic Church. My wife didn't push me onto, onto my faith. She, she just, she held my hand and said, I, I, I'm standing here. And I love you. And and that translated to like I want to have that too. And that brought me to RCIA. That that brought me to, you know, a a, a family that, that is overflowing with little girls uh and laundry. Um <laughs> but I don't I don't know I, I, I don't expect anything. I expect to just do my best to say yes to the next right thing. Um, I, you know, I, I had a, a really good conversation the other day and, um, you know, we were told, I was told 
you know, when you when when you sin, it it's really it, it's easily likened to when you choose to put down your cross, right? We're 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 we're, we're told to 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 carry our cross as as Christ carried our cross, and and so I, I choose to always keep the cross that that Christ gives me on my back and, and carrying it proudly for him, even though it's not always easy. Uh, it, it's not always easy to, to, to like what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that car, that, that two and a half hour car ride down is going to look like. Uh, there's, there's, I'm sure going to be a ton of anxiety. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, just, being willing to say yes is all I can, all I really can do. So I'll say yes to this because I want to say yes to like everything else. Right. And tell me more though about this fundraiser that's coming up as we're getting towards the end of this interview, Saturday, January 13th at 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at St. Patrick's Church in Myrna, in Bloomington, well, of Myrna in Bloomington, Illinois. Lunch starts at 11, silent auction at 3.30, complete with kids' activities and a bake sale. All funds raised will help support your family through this journey. How does it feel, first of all, to have this church, St. Pat's of Myrna, support you in this way to host this fundraiser and to have, presumably, a lot of people come out and support you? Well, uh, like like this church is is our church. Um, it's It's every church. Uh, it's weird to, I mean, even, even I, you know, I've, I've talked to, you know, people about supporting this fundraiser and, and, and coming out. I mean, we need bodies to look at all these cool things that we would hope that you bid on. It's weird, right? Uh, to, to kind of do that, raise money for yourself thing. Um, it's, it's, it's eye-opening kind of on 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 how how much people care about us as the Hardys. Um and 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 how far uh people are willing to to really push themselves. My wife has has I mean Amy has stepped out of, outside of every comfort box to talk to to business owners, to people she doesn't know. I mean, the no's are so much more prevalent than the yeses, and that's okay. Every salesperson would know, like that just rolls off your back. But as as somebody who is 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 you know really trying to work hard for something that is so so tied to them, uh, she she overcome that fear of like walking into a place and talking to a stranger and being like, look, this is this is my whole vulnerability. I wouldn't ask somebody to do that. I I don't I, I don't I don't know how to say that like in a way that is kind of puts out how like how much I respect what she's done, right? My my mom has done the same thing. She's walked into places, she's talked to people, but aside from the you know the, the these these two in, in, incredible women that have really spearheaded this event um what has come in from everywhere has been very inspiring too. I mean, my mom tells me stories about how somebody's knocks on her door and she hasn't seen her for 
you know, a handful of years. And, you know, and, and, and this friend says, look, I, I've got this. I want it to be a part of this auction. I don't want any kind of recognition. And I don't really, you know, I just, I just want, I just want it to be okay. I just wanted to, to help, you know? And, uh, I mean, that's moving. That's moving because I mean, this, 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 this lady, she just, she just wants to help, but she, there's no, it, it, it reminds me of the, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing kind of charity. Right. I mean, it's very selfless in, in that, um, but I mean, there's there's a lot of really I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff that we have. Um, you know, I I a, a friend of mine I used to buy baseball cards from all the time. My my grandfather passed away. His biggest passion was baseball cards, and I just always loved doing baseball cards with him. And so we I'd find a card shop down here. He'd find a card shop down here, and then we'd meet and we you know we blah blah blah. So I said, I said, Dad, you know, maybe, maybe there, like, there's an, somebody you could talk to. He comes up with an assigned Ozzy Smith bat. How cool is that? The back, back, backflip shortstop, right? Um, uh, we were funny, and I, I guess we always, we always say we go to St. Pat's or St. Mary's at Downs when we're running late. And maybe it's just a, con, a, a, a like, like a. Maybe it's a coincidence that it's always on their donut Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. But um we were there on the the first week that it was printed in the bulletin for the benefit. And so we're down there. I'm down there and I'm kind of eating a donut around a whole bunch of people. I, I don't really know. But of course, my my kids know every kid because kids it's amazing how they just they just know each other mm-hmm. and they're just best friends forever. And the, so you see that kind of, uh, you know, kind of the, the parents opening up the bulletin and kind of reading and looking, looking up and then looking down, looking up. Mm-hmm. So a, 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 a dad came over to me and he says, you know, uh, tell me more about this. And we ended up talking for like half an hour or so. And, uh, and then he's like, I want to, I want to put in this 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 coin, this collector's coin that we have. So there's like a, I mean, there's like a, there, there's a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, there's there's baskets that are all like, uh, TM hair design is is there's a couple of our our uh, friends, and the ladies are great that they cut our hair, not mine, but the, all the girls. Hmm. Um, and and they they I mean they put together like five baskets, so I mean they, there's just like. It, it, it's all kinds of stuff. There's the, you know, there's Norwex stuff. There's hair care stuff. There's, um, there's like, um, simply something. I, I'm awful at this. You're asking the wrong guys, maybe. Right. <laughs> um, a lot of baskets. There, there, there's, there's all kinds of like, like kind of little baskets. There's, there's all kinds of small business things that, uh, local businesses that have really ponied up. And said, like, yeah, I mean, we, like, absolutely will we'll help out. Mm-hmm. Um, music lessons and ice cream shops and art classes. They're, they're, they're kind of all there. 
the the normal theater and in the the children's discovery museum are all you know kind of things um and it, it it's just it, it it's kind of cool to see how how much this community will say well yeah like I'll I'll help out there there's those there's all that stuff from the auction there's a whole lot of stuff that like is a little bit harder to I don't know kind of tout on air I guess but hmm. there like in addition to our benefit there is a um a medical fundraiser so we're not doing like a give send go go fund me kind of thing um we're doing there there there's the the National Transplant Organization changed its name, but it essentially raises money for um, people that are going through transplants to use those funds for all, only medical um, reason, right? Right, like transplant related stuff. Mm-hmm. What's nice is that all those those donations, because they're donating to the the organization in benefit of me are tax deductible, but then they're earmarked for, for my care. This is, I mean, this is, yeah, this is a big event that I'm going to be going through right now, but it's something that like, I'm going to have to manage for the remainder. Right. right? So it's nice. Like, so that's there and that's that, um, help hope live, um, is helphopelive.com is um the the website and then it's like you you search a campaign campaign and it's Micah Hardy. Right. And um, uh is it right that people can also donate any dollar amount on Venmo to at Micah Hardy dash three and if they'd like to donate an item or even help with the benefit they can contact Paula Hardy at 309-829-8432. That's contact Paula Hardy at 309-829-8432 or email her at paula-hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, dot 62 at comcast.net. Is all that information pretty correct? I mean, it sounds about right. Okay. Um, the, the one thing, too, is honestly, like, I didn't really know much about Venmo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of had it because somebody was like, hey, uh, let me pay you for a train ticket that I went down to St. Louis for. And so I had it. And so, like, I've used it a handful of times. Mm-hmm. But we have a we have a, a, a benefit account set up at IAA Credit Union as well. Right. So that if I mean, who knows if you if you don't know for sure, like you're you're sending it to the right Venmo person. Sometimes that's that's odd. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or you feel kind of not great about that. Um, there's, there's a, there's an account set up. It's the benefit for Micah Hardy, um, at, at IAA credit union. Got it. The benefit for Micah Hardy at IAA credit union. And Micah, this has been a great conversation. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you to everyone who's listened to this episode of Catholic Conversations. We hope you enjoyed it. That was my guest, Micah Hardy, whose benefit will be on Saturday, January 13th at St. Patrick Church of Myrna in Bloomington, Illinois at 10 a.m. and will last till 4 p.m. 
and we hope to see you there. Until next weekend, thanks for tuning in to Catholic Spirit Radio. Give this episode a share on Facebook, and of course, may God bless you, and may you have a great week. You've been listening to Catholic Conversations. Download our podcasts at catholicspiritradio.com. 